Hey, hey, welcome in, you wonderful human, to the Husker Hoops Half Hour. This is episode two, hosted, of course, by a complete nobody, but a really huge Husker basketball fan, me. Thanks for coming back, if you can, if you uh, listen to episode one, I guess that is, but uh, you are truly awesome for, for joining me, because I'm sure there's one or two of you. Uh, but I really appreciate you tuning in if you are. I'm recording this episode on Monday, November 7th at about 12.52 p.m. And it is officially college basketball season. Yay! We're back today live with the first day of uh, college basketball games. So exciting. Um, and it is officially the end of the college football season. So I apologize. We're a college football fan. The season is over. Uh, it's now basketball season, baby. So we're back, and our boys in red are back as well with game one starting tonight uh, against University of Maine here at PBA at 7 p.m. So looking forward to the the first game of the season and getting things rolling here with our with our boys. So we're back, and I couldn't be more excited to get the season rolling and see what the season has in store for us. So to continue on in episode two today, since we are approaching the beginning of the season today. This evening, I wanted to, of course, kind of take a look at the season overall, what it has in store for us, maybe take a look at some of the predictions um, that some of the national writers are talking about, as well as some of my thoughts on the season and how things could roll out. A couple of things that I wanted to highlight before we jump in today. Uh, Number one, I will be attending as many of the games as I can. Uh, Me and some of my family members went in together on a, a couple season tickets. Hell so we'll, yeah. we'll be splitting those up, and I'll be trying to get to um, as many games as I can in person, but I'll also be trying to watch every game that I can and definitely be watching the, the replays if I don't get to it. There are a handful of really good articles that have come out just ahead of the season here for the Nebraska ball team, some really good media coverage on this team and kind of building up the season. Uh, so I just wanted to recommend those pieces to you for some reading. The first one is uh, Tom Chattel column in uh, the Omaha World Herald with Fred Hoiberg. It's a great article kind of about year four and talking with Hoiberg about the season and and his hopes for the program and and what the season could bring. There's some really great quotes from Fred in there um, that uh, I really enjoyed reading. So be sure to go check out that article. The one quote from Hoiberg that I'll mention from this one that I really, really liked was that he said, quote, I care about this place a lot. That's why I want to make this my last job. I really do. I hope we can get things going to be a consistent winner. I know this is a big year for me. So Fred certainly feels the pressure of the year and the moment and knows what knows the significance of this season. But, man, I really like the fact that he wants to be here. He wants to be the Nebraska head coach. Um, and he is hoping to have a long, successful career here. And man, I hope for the same. I really do. And I think a lot of Husker fans would hope for that too. The second article that I'll mention is an article written by Amy Just in the uh, the Lincoln Journal Star about Sam Greasel. Just a really great article about yeah, his, his career thus far, his injury that he went through, and just the struggles that he's gone through to get to this place, um, to where he is today, back playing for his hometown team, the place where he kind of always wanted to play basketball. So super great article to read there. So check those out ahead of the game tonight. Uh, or sorry, I guess you'll be listening to this after the game. But yeah, definitely check those out ahead of the season here. Um, I think they're great reads. 
good way to get to know some of the guys on the team and see what their thoughts are on the season as we start. So speaking of that, let's let's jump into the season here overall and let's take a look at kind of the outlook of what the season holds for us, how the how the schedule's kind of laid out, what are the challenges and some of the things that we could potentially do this season here. Um, and we'll just kind of kind of talk through that here quick. So the schedule in particular is broken down into uh, 11 non-conference games and 20 conference games. So a total of 31 games in the regular season, which I believe is a little bit of a bump from the last couple of years. The 11 non-conference games are split into five home games, three away games, and, and three neutral site games. We have quite a few neutral site games, um, and we are competing in quite a few different challenges and tournaments this year. So we'll be competing in the Gavit tip-off games, which is the Big Ten versus Big East um, kind of challenge. We'll be doing the ESPN Events Invitational, which is an eight-team tournament in Orlando, Florida. Uh, we'll also be doing the ACC Big Ten Challenge, as we typically do. And then we'll be doing, for the first year, we'll be doing the first uh, annual Battle in the Vault Challenge or tournament, I guess I should say. I don't know that it's really a tournament. I think it's just kind of a get-together of some different teams to play at the Pinnacle Bank Arena, um, but we'll be competing in that against Queens, and, and again, that's in the that's at the PBA the first time they're doing this battle in the vault. So, so that's kind of how the games are split out in the non-conference, uh, and then, of course, we have conference play after that. Um, but as we're kind of looking at how the schedule goes chronological in chronological order, we start with these first couple of games that we're going to highlight today and talk about, which is the the game against University of Maine tonight and then uh, against Omaha here in Lincoln on Thursday. So I guess the schedule is kind of similar to how we've done it in the past couple of years. Kind of right out the gate, we play a couple of these easier games to get right into the season. Cupcake games, if you will. Have and then this year... Game three, we, we head on the road right away for the third game of the season in the uh, Gavit Tip-Off Games Challenge against St. John's, so that'll certainly be a, a really great test early on in the season uh, against a pretty good team in the Big East. Oh I think it'll, be, it'll provide us a good look at um, what the team could look like early on in the season and give us a little bit of a challenge. Then we come back and play Arkansas Pine Bluff at home. Uh, so another cupcake game that's yummy. Have a cupcake! And we'll be looking to get some frosting at that game. And then again, we're back on the road after that, uh, out to the ESPN Events Invitational in Orlando, Florida, which will be uh, November 24th through the 27th. So the tournament is an eight-team tournament. Each team will play at least three games, uh, potentially four, depending on whether the team is competing for the, the winner's bracket or the loser's bracket finals what we know about the tournament is that we will kick off play on thursday the 24th against oklahoma and then depending on if we win or lose and then whoever wins and loses in uh in the coupling in the same bracket as us we will either play memphis or seton hall that next day on november the 25th friday and then from there it's just a matter of kind of where we are at that point in the tournament we could either be on the losers bracket side of things we could be on the winner bracket side of things um playing another team that's in the tournament. Um, the other teams in the tournament are Florida State, Siena, Old Miss, and Stanford. So we will have for sure a third team that we play on November 27th, which is Sunday. 
Uh, so it could be it could be any of those any of those teams really. Um, we just it just depends on how it all goes. And of course, there is a potential fourth game, as I mentioned, um, the winner and loser bracket matchups in the final. So we've typically done tournaments like this early on in the season in the past. So nothing really new. Um, but it, this is definitely a, a really good tournament. I think has some great competition. You've got the Oklahoma, Memphis, Seton Hall, and uh, Florida State in there. Four really good power five or power five or group of five teams that we could uh, match up against and kind of see where we're at, and just being able to play three you know three four games in the span of uh, three days definitely will be great uh, test for our team and see how we can do on the conditioning and and the kind of the overall camaraderie and how 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 we can keep things kind of going through three days. It's a tough schedule right off the bat with kind of being on the road quite a bit in the first couple of weeks. And then it doesn't really get any easier, unfortunately. So we come back home uh, after that tournament for a November 30th matchup against Boston College for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So another good test. Boston College is a pretty decent team. And so, as always, with any teams that we play in the Power Five, it'll be a, it, it'll be a tough matchup. But uh, being at home, hopefully we can score a win there because then we have a really tough stretch of three games in a row here. So the next game is our annual matchup against Creighton on December the 4th. That's a Sunday afternoon game, and and this year it's in Omaha, unfortunately. It's going to be a tough game. I mean, CHI is going to be absolutely bonkers with Creighton fans, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be good Nebraska fans showing, but it's going to be freaking loud in there. Uh, Creighton is preseason ranked number ninth in the nation and I don't really foresee them dipping too much below that incredibly incredibly tough challenge already in the season then right after that we hit the road again and we go out to Indiana on December 7th so we'll, we'll be playing Indiana on December 7th on the road again uh, Indiana is a uh, ranked preseason number 13 in the nation so we've we really just planned this uh non-conference and or I guess the beginning of the year is as a real challenge to us. I mean, we're getting number nine and number 13 back to back on the road. Man, it's going to be super tough. After that, then we come back home and we play uh, Purdue at home on December 17th. So just as we have in the past couple of years, we have this kind of two conference two conference game schedule uh, early on in December. So kind of just to give us a good preview of what Big Ten play is going to look like, give us a little flavor uh, before we finish out kind of that non-conference series and get into the meat of conference play, um, I, I kind of like this schedule format. I think it's good to be able to have your cupcake games right at the beginning of the year, be able to play in some challenges and some tournaments, and then be able to also play some tough Big Ten teams early on in the season before we really get rolling. I, I kind of like the calendar, and I, I like the schedule, how we've done it the last few years. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'd rather us be challenged in the non-conference series and and maybe lose a couple more games than just have our con- uh, non-conference schedule be super easy and we don't really get tested that much. I know some people complain and they say, well, you know, you play all these tough teams early on in the season. It's hard to build momentum and hard to really gel as a team, uh, but I don't know. Of course, it's, you know, there's pluses and minuses to both ways of going about it. But I personally think that having a challenge early on in the season provides a good opportunity for the guys to get some real experience before playing in a really tough physical league. And also, if you do well in the non-conference and in the early part of the season, 
you get rewarded because you've played some quality teams. I think it's a good situation, and certainly it will be tough, but I'd rather see it this way than than it has been in the past. So then after the, the two-game uh, quick Big Ten preview that we have with Indiana-Purdue, then we go on the road to Kansas State, which I guess technically is at a neutral site. I didn't really notice, but it's in, it's in Kansas City, Missouri at the T-Mobile Arena. I don't know why that's at a neutral site, um, but it, I mean it will be basically home field advantage to Kansas State there, being in being in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, so that's on December the seventeenth, and then finally we come back um, for our battle in the vault matchup against Queens on December twentieth at PBA, and that rounds out the non-conference in the beginning of the season. Uh, before the holiday break, and we get things rolling then in conference play. So conference play, we kick off at home against Iowa on December 29th, so the last game of the year uh, before we roll in the new year. Uh, but yeah, we play Iowa at home on the 29th um, to kick off our full our full on conference play schedule, I guess I should say. And then we've got nine games in January, seven games in February, and one final matchup in March. January, we're going to be on the road uh, quite a bit. So we'll have three home games in January and six away games. Uh, so how that breaks down is we'll be at Michigan State, at Minnesota, versus Illinois, at Purdue, versus Ohio State, at Penn State, versus Northwestern, at Maryland, and then at Illinois. So our non-conference is front heavy, very loaded with away games. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. We might have... Um, a tough time kind of adjusting to that being on the road quite a bit unfortunately but then uh, things pick up for us a little bit in the second half of the season when we have some more games at home so in February we do have five home games and only two away games so this the schedule's not really um, kind of evenly distributed between the home and away matchups I, I don't know what that's gonna do for us I mean it could make January kind of a rough month but maybe February is a little bit better and we get some momentum rolling into the end of the season it's hard it's hard to say just because we don't know how this team's gonna perform at home versus on the road things like that uh, but February yeah we, we a little bit better for us at home we've got uh, versus Penn State, at Michigan, versus Wisconsin, at Rutgers, versus Maryland, versus Minnesota, versus Michigan State. Uh, so three three uh, conference games in a row at home towards the end there. That's I think that's really good. Um, that could provide us a really good way to kind of get things rolling towards the end there. And then our last game of the season is March 5th at Iowa to round things out there. So that's kind of the that's kind of the look at the whole schedule and how things break out, the different things that we're doing, the tournaments that we're playing in, you know, kind of chronologically how things shake out in terms of who we're playing, what and when. Again, it's just it's kind of an interesting year in that we are really kind of here and there. We're on the road a lot during the non-conference portion of things, maybe more so than we would be in the past. We're playing a lot of quality teams towards the beginning of the year. And then come January, we're playing a lot of games on the road. It's certainly not going to be it's certainly not going to be an easy year for us, you know. So with the schedule in mind and with the challenges that are ahead of us with this season, did want to kind of talk about looking at what what could potentially happen with this team for the season. Uh, I want to look at some of the the college basketball analysts and the national people who cover this and see what they're thinking, and then also just kind of share my thoughts and my hopeful predictions of, of what this team could be. So a lot of different um, independent 
you know, media outlets and sports writers and college basketball writers nice. when writing about the Big Ten Conference in particular are most of them are kind of saying, you know, finishing in that 14th or last last spot in the Big Ten. But a, a couple publications of note that maybe are a little different. Well, well, the ones who are saying, you know, the big ones who said the 14th finished. So Sports Illustrated had Nebraska finishing 14th this season. John Rothstein, who uh, published through on three, uh, has us finishing 14th in the season. But a couple of other outlets who have a little bit different opinion. Uh, so CBS Sports has us finishing 13th or second to last in the Big Ten. ESPN uh, they did a they did a little preview of the Big Ten where four different writers picked kind of their their predictions. Two of us had us finishing 14th, but two of us had us finishing 13th. Uh, so there was no consensus there. And then 24/7 Sports actually has us finishing 12th. Wow. That was kind of the highest I think I had seen thus far um, from a publication of of where we would land in the big 12. So um, anywhere between 12th and 14th, I've seen as far as, you know, the media and the national coverage as their thoughts on where we're going to finish. ESPN also released their matchup predictor for the whole season already. Um, they typically do this, you know, a couple days before the season kicks off. I don't know how much to really put into this because when you kind of look through all the games, they tend to put a lot of emphasis on uh, home court advantage especially before the season starts um so that's that's certainly worth noting but there are there are instances I went back and I checked just to make sure that it wasn't always based on home field advantage or home court advantage they do sometimes uh, give other teams the upper hand based on the talent as well so it's not solely based on home court advantage but they do put a lot of emphasis on that so take that as you will. Basically, what they came up with in their matchup predictor models for all the games in our season uh, is putting us at 13 and 16 in the 29 game in the 29 games that they have listed. So there's two games that, of course, they don't have listed, which are the uh, TBD games in the ESPN Events Invitational. So take that what you will. I'm not putting a lot of stock in that because it's before the season and they don't really have anything to go off. Uh, but I always think it's interesting to just kind of look through and see what they have to say. So I certainly have some thoughts about uh, this team and the season and where we could potentially go. Again, if you listen to what I kind of said on the last podcast towards the end is that I've decided and made a commitment to being the most avid and vocal supporter and encouraging person that I can towards Nebraska basketball because I am a fan, a big fan. And I'm getting sick of all the negativity. I do have thoughts about the season and where I think it could go. And so I want to share those with you. But just, again, keep that in mind that I'm I'm going to be very positive about this the whole season. So if you don't agree with me or you're like, there's no way we're going to do that, um, I don't really give a shit. You can listen to another podcast. But I did try to be sort of realistic with it as well. I realized that we're not going to come out and win 20 games this season and go to the NCAA tournament probably. Um, so I did try to maintain some realistic expectations here, but I do think it's possible to get to the 15 win mark, which puts us just under 500 for the season. It's obviously a little bit of a stretch and we have to win five more games than we did last year. So we got to figure out where we can get those wins from. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's doable with kind of how the big 10 is looking this year compared to where it was last year and looking at some of the non-conference games that we should be able to win this year um, where last year we kind of dropped a couple that we shouldn't have and so the way that I kind of could see this shaking out getting to 15 wins is 
starting out going six and five in the non-conference schedule. As I just was kind of talking about, this is a tough non-conference schedule, and so I w- you know, I'd love to see that we could get more than six wins in the in the non-conference, but it's going to be tough to to justify saying that we could. Uh, but what I see is that we could pick up wins against Maine, Omaha. Arkansas Pine Bluff and then when we're in that ESPN Invitational I don't know that we could I don't know that we would beat Oklahoma and then either Seton Hall or Memphis but that third game um, if we're you know if we're on the loser side of the bracket there are a couple teams in there that are a little bit weaker that I think that we could score a win against in that tournament Um, I'm putting down Boston College as a as a game that I think that we can win at home against a team that's um, okay in the ACC and then I have us winning against Queens in the in the battle at the vault. So those are the six wins that I think we can get in the non-conference, which leaves the five wins or the five games that I don't think I just don't think that we can win is the the St. John's matchup being the third game of the year on the road. That's going to be a tough one against a really good team. Uh, the Oklahoma matchup in the Invitational again the Seton Hall Memphis matchup and then Creighton at, at Creighton I think is going to be a really tough game to win. I fucking hate with every fiber of my being that I am admitting that Creighton's probably going to beat us, but they're just really damn good. Um, so fuck Creighton God. I hate it. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to put that down as a loss someday. Someday we'll beat Creighton. <laughs> I wait that day. And if it's this year, I will shit my pants. Oh, I'll be on Twitter so hard. And then I have us down as a loss against Kansas state, just being in a neutral site, but, where there's going to be quite a few Kansas State fans, I think. I don't know. This game could go either way because I don't think Kansas State is um, super great. But, you know, we struggled against them at home last year. And so I just think that um, I just think it's going to be a tough game. And and we're going to be kind of at the end of our rope there after a really tough stretch of games. And I just feel like we're going to drop that one as well. So six and five in conference uh, with some with some pretty decent wins. I mean, a win over Boston College certainly would be good. A win in the Invitational would be nice. And then if we can keep a couple of the other games close even, I think that we're doing pretty well at six and five with some good games under our belt. If we're going to get to the 15 games that I think we can get to, that puts it at nine and 11 in conference play. This is where This is where all the haters are going to have a bone to pick with me that I think we can get nine conference wins. You're going to say, whoa, we've only won four last year. And I know that. I know that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And again, this is my hopeful prediction, guys. I'm just, I'm hoping for the best here. Okay. But nine games, nine and 11, I don't think is, I don't think it's out of the question. Here's how I could foresee the the conference schedule kind of breaking down. Um, and how we could get to those nine wins. The first two conference games are those early two games in December at Indiana and versus Purdue. Indiana, again, preseason ranked number 13th. Purdue is not preseason ranked, um, but they're expected to be a pretty decent team, potentially looking at going into the NCAA tournament. And I think that just coming off just the tough non-con schedule that we have and being on the road a lot and playing against Creighton just, just the game prior... I think it's going to be hard to get those two games, and so I think we go 0-2 in those first two conference games there. Then we jump forward, though, to our first game of the full conference stretch, which is against Iowa at home on December 29th. Um, So coming off the Battle of the Vault um, matchup against Queens and then a nine-day break, I think the odds look good for us playing Iowa, who is a good team, 
and uh, preseason is projected to be a good team and in the talk for a tournament bid. Um, but I think that, you know, we've had luck against Iowa in the past. We've had success in the past. And so I I have this one down as, as a win. I think at this point, I think personally at this point in the season that our team is going to be rolling on all cylinders. I think whatever this team can do this season, I think we're going to be rolling already at that point at whatever the highest level we can be for this team uh, because of the the difficulty of our schedule to, up to this point. So I think Iowa's going to come in here and kind of not expect to get beaten, and I think we're going to take this game from them. So that, that then takes us into 2023. And so January, as I mentioned before, January's tough where we have three home games and six away games. And so in January, I think that we probably go three and six in this model um, just because, again, this is going to be a tough stretch of being on the road quite a bit. Uh, but I do think we pick up some some good wins. I do think we get a couple of road wins during this stretch against Minnesota and Penn State, two of the teams that are in the bottom four are projected to be in the bottom four of the Big Ten. And then I think that we could uh, potentially get a get a win against Northwestern at home, another team who is predicted to be in the bottom four of the Big Ten. But, I mean, th- these are going to be tough games, right? So a lot of games against quality teams, a lot of games on the road. Um, so I just don't think that it's going to be possible to get more than three conference wins during this stretch. But being able to pick up a couple wins on the road uh, is going to be huge for this team going into the rest of the season. And and what it has for us. Uh, that puts us at that puts us at four and eight after January going into the February schedule, where we have five home games and two away games in February. So four and eight going into the February stretch, I think, is a good place to be in, and it will allow us to kind of create a successful tail end of the season if we kind of have everything rolling. So for February and March, I think we go five and three. So we have. A little bit more success on the back end of the season. This would include home wins against Penn State, Wisconsin, Maryland, and Minnesota, and then a road win versus Rutgers. Penn State, Maryland, and Minnesota are three teams that are projected to finish in the bottom five of the Big Ten, so playing them at home, I think we can get wins against them. And then uh, I really like this matchup at home on February 11th against Wisconsin. Last year, uh, we got our signature win against Wisconsin at the end of the season when they were ranked number 10 in the nation. We went to Wisconsin and we beat them by one by one point. I think that uh, it would be kind of fun to have Wisconsin's number. I think that this this basketball team, our squad, could maybe enough guys kind of remember that game and the energy that we had and maybe carry that through and get another win against Wisconsin at home this time. And it'd be kinda, it would be really nice to have a team in the Big Ten that we kind of consistently you know, can kind of beat and have their number for once. So I like hey, that hey, matchup. It's and Nebraska. Then I think um, being able to pick up one more road win during February um, against Rutgers probably is the most likely scenario. The only other um, away games are Michigan and Ohio. Those are going to be tough games to win on the road. So I think if we can pick up that Rutgers game, that could be huge. If we can do that in February and in March, that gets us to the nine conference wins that I was talking about, right? So to recap, the first two games in December, the first two conference games, I think we lose those. Uh, But then I think we pick up the first conference win against Iowa at home in December. 
January, I think we, we go three and six with a couple of road wins since we're on the road a lot and one home win. And then February and March when we're at home a little bit more, I think we pick up four wins at home and then one win on the road on the road. And so that gets us to the nine nine conference wins. And that would be nine and eleven in conference, six and five in the non conference play, getting us to an overall record of fifteen and sixteen. Again, just right under that 500 mark, but getting 15 wins against a really quality schedule of teams that we're playing this year. It, obviously, it's not going to l- allow us to go to any sort of postseason type play, at least at least not by that record itself. Uh, but I do think it gives us a lot of really good momentum towards the end of the season and um, potentially looking at maybe picking up a win in Big Ten in the Big Ten tournament. Maybe a couple wins in the Big Ten tournament, depending on the momentum. Um, and certainly, if we can pick up a win or two in the Big Ten tournament, depending on how the Big Ten looks this year, that could potentially put us in in conversation of some sort of postseason play. Finishing at nine at a nine and eleven conference record would put us historically somewhere between eight and ten in the Big Ten. I think that in and of itself would show. A decent amount of progress actually going from finishing 14th and 13th in the Big Ten to maybe finishing somewhere between 8 and 10 in the Big Ten and depending on how the season shakes out I think that's huge <laughs> my cat's taking a shit right now Come on, man. are you done no oh wait oh I just got a notification um Nebraska women's basketball won a hundred to thirty six against Omaha absolutely smashed them number 22 ranked Nebraska that's that's awesome huge shout out to the women's team I'm gonna be watching them real closely this year because they are gonna be really good so congrats on the win there that's huge hello there it's me I apologize for the abrupt podcast ending. I wanted to keep my promise this time. So there you go. 30 minutes on the dot. Listen to the bonus episode for the continuation. See ya.